when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and his, uh, his uh, train or his robe filling the temple, uh, the response was, woe is me. So when we see God high and lifted up, we, we have humility. We have a low sense of ourselves uh, as being the, the, cre the creature, the creation bows before the creator. Uh, it's not us, it's him. It's not our will, it's your will. It's not our ways, it's your ways. It's not our thoughts, it's your thoughts. You see this submission, a willing, voluntary, humble submission. What do we mean when we say God is holy? Do we understand the significance of God's holiness? This is what occasionally descended upon the tabernacle and kept everyone out. This is what was so powerful that it killed anyone who touched the ark in the Old Testament. Today, Keith Holloway rejoins Gary Wilkerson to talk about what happens when we truly consider how high and great God is. Before we join them though, we want to encourage you to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can hear sermons from David Wilkerson or Gary or Nikki Cruz. It also includes ministry updates from our partners around the world. Sign up to receive this biblical good news at worldchallenge.org. It's under our resources tab. Your prayers and support for World Challenge make a difference. We would not be able to create podcasts like this one without generous listeners like you. Thank you for making this and other World Challenge resources possible. And now, here's Gary. Here again with our Gary Wilkerson podcast, and we are uh, so excited that you're with us here today. Over the past few weeks, uh, Keith Holloway, uh, Director of uh, Missions and Outreach at World Challenge, and also uh, quite a theological, uh, insightfully, ins insightfully theological mind, uh, is with us today. And we've been discussing the nature, character, attributes of God, and how important it is for we as believers today, uh, in, in a world where that has, uh, in a world that has almost a neglect of God and in a church that has a low view of God. Um, and so a little bit later on, we're going to be starting to list some of these attributes and how they can bring us back to revival. They can bring us back to spiritual awakening. They can bring us back to uh, a true worship of God and not just a entertainment oriented, uh, emotional excitement about God, uh, but, but, but a real knowledge of the holy. Um, and so I'm glad you joined us today. And for the next half hour, we'll, we'll be digging in. So Keith, the, uh, there's a there's a we talked in the past about the high view of God, uh, which is I don't know, you know I said last week when I read Spurgeon and and when I read John Owen and when I read you know Thomas Watson, I see oh my gosh the, and A W Tozer we've been reading together, I see such a high view of God. These these men and women saw him in his splendor and his majesty and his in his glorious nature of his grace, and then when we enter into many churches today, we see a low view of God. Um, I read something recently about uh, a man who took, I think it was the nine largest megachurches in America. And I, th I get, I don't I have the numbers wrong here probably, but I think he looked at, listened to 10 hours of each of their sermons. And he said, you know, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ was mentioned, he thought maybe three times, and maybe only one time was there a clear presentation of man is sinful and fallen from God and the wrath of God is you know, a judgment against man and we need the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. You know, there's only one true description of these weightier matters of, of the gospel. And so that's, to me, that's a, when you have this um, moralistic, therapeutic, political, feel good, entertainment centered gospel, if it, uh, Paul called it a so-called gospel, 
then the power of God is going to be missing. The glory of God is going to be missing. The the uh, wisdom of God is going to be missing. We're not going to have, we're not going to know how to live our lives if we have a low view of God. We'll have helpful hints, um, things that we could get just as quickly from Oprah or Dr. Phil as we could from going to church on a Sunday. So uh, in your view, what is the difference between a low view of God and a high view of God? Yeah, well, Gary, good to be with you again and uh, loving the topic that we're on. Uh, it's expanding our heart. It's uh, expanding our mind and challenging our heart, I should say. Uh, but yeah, the high view of God is really uh, doing our utmost to see God exactly as he is. Uh, according to the revelation that that he's given us. You know, we spoke last week about four means by which God reveals himself through creation, through uh, through the Holy Spirit, through scriptures and through Christ. And um, it's incumbent upon all mankind to recognize these means of revelation and to uh, fix ourselves as hungry seekers and searchers so that we can know God. How we view God uh, will determine everything in your life. Uh, there's nothing outside of your life that does not fall under the scope of how we view God. And so a high view of God would be to see him as much as we possibly can uh, through the four means that he's revealed himself so that we can know him accurately. And, you know, many writers past and I'm assuming present because I think you and I both are more inclined to read uh, authors from the past, but uh, they they refer to God uh, in this high view uh, that he is all of these uh, attributes that we ascribe to him. And it, even when you start looking at the terms that we use to try to, dis to uh, describe God, they're lofty terms. Uh, they're not for the weak-willed and for the faint of heart. Right. You, there are terms that you, you'll have to dig out the dictionary, and you'll have to put thought and prayer behind, and you're going to search the scriptures um, because uh, God is exceedingly high and uh, lifted up. Um, so the high view is seeing God as much as we can as he is. The low view is when we seek to bring him down. And that's, that is the, the, the uh, painful reality of mankind. It started at the fall where uh, did God really say? It had very little to do, I think, with the fruit. It had very little to do with the serpent. It had everything to do that did man really believe God is who he is and had a right to say what he said and had a right to put limitations and had a right to put boundaries. And it really questioned, is God God? And that has been our Achilles heel from the fall of Adam till now. Uh, we have uh, in, our, in our humanness, when we have tried to attach uh, definite, uh, descriptive terms to God, we, how can you ascribe descriptive terms to something that you don't know? Uh, it's it's kind of a catch-22. But as he's revealed himself to us, we try to attach those terms, and they're all very elevated terms. They're very lofty terms. Yeah. So the high view is, is that, and the low view is bringing man. Another way of saying one is uh, one is theocentric. It's God-centered, and the other is homocentric. It's man-centered. Right. Uh, 
I, I was thinking of how um, some in the United States education system, you hear the terms dumbing down. Uh, there were these high standards set in the educational system. And for a variety of reasons, they, they weren't being attained. So instead of doing what they needed to do in order to uh, make corrections uh, and bring aids in to be able to attain those high and lofty standards, we just simply lowered the standards. And in essence, that's what we've done. A low view of God is the dumbing down of God. It's the humanizing. It's bringing him down. And that was something that God said. Uh, I, I want to say it's Psalms, um, Psalms 50, verse 21, I believe, is where God said, uh, you, you think that I am as you are, but I'm altogether different. Yeah. You know, and so that low view is where we. I was thinking of that verse as well, just before you said it. Describe you, you know, oh, Gary's kind. Well, God is kind. And we use those kind of terminologies, uh, but we're bringing him down, and there is something in us that we kind of want. I mean, we hate to say it, almost sounds like blasphemy. We kind of want to put a measure on God. We want we want a little bit, really, to kind of keep him within our reach, and to really maybe even say control him a little bit. Uh, we don't want him so far out there. We don't want him to be the supreme being. We don't want him to have the final word. We want to be able to negotiate and to reckon with God. So there are the high and the low view. Uh, often we say it's a biblical worldview. Uh, it's uh, trying to answer the question, you know, who is God and what what are we going to do with him? Yeah, and, the, and, and for clarification's sake, the high view of God, I'm sure in both of our understanding, is not the more intellectual it's not like, wow, you know big words, or uh, you have studied theology, or you have been in the classical literature. And it's uh, that that doesn't mean a high view of God. You you, you can um, you can be a, a professor at, at an Ivy League uh, theological school, and uh, and not even know God. And so we're not talking about the high view of God being just in the mind only. I think it is in the mind, but it has to touch the heart too. Uh, and and that the will we we choose to walk in the things of God to to become. You know, we study his nature so that we can become like him. Uh, the, the, to, to truly know him is to be transformed. And so, so the, 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 the high view has to do with more with uh, the mind, soul, spirit, will coming into relationship with that, that majesty and glory and splendor of God. Mm -hmm. And we might fall before him and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. It's, it, it creates a worshipful heart that does say, as you said in the Psalms, uh, you know, you, God's not altogether like us. He's 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 other than us. That's one of the words that we might use as we begin to talk more in depth about the attributes of God is the transcendence of God, that he transcends. Uh, we can know, as we talked about last week, the, the hem of his robe of his garment, but but he transcends that. He's higher than that. And so I think the high view of God is one who honors God with reverence, which which is probably a word that you would probably not get if you were to go into most churches today um, and, and ask people to take a survey, like list five words that you would describe uh, that this church is, you know, it might be fun or relational or interesting or exuberant, uh, but, you know, reverent, I don't know that you would get that. So I think the high view of God, and it doesn't mean boring or uh, solemn, uh, although there'd be some so so solemnness to it, but um, it can be very joyful. Uh, the attributes of God are very joyful, uh, but but the high view of God, 
is uh, and it's so important. I think there's going to be a revival or a spiritual awakening in, in America. You know, uh, there's there's been in in um, in uh, social media uh, you know, a lot lot of um, moving movements uh, of some of my father's old messages, and particularly the one about uh, you know the, uh, a prophecy about. Uh, uh, many are relating it to COVID-19. I think he was seeing it more maybe as a nuclear situation, uh, but but seeing it like bars and churches and even government programs would be shut down, and that a third great awakening would happen. And I, I understand my father's heart. The, the great awakening was not necessarily, uh, you know, churches busting at the seams or longer worship services or all night prayer meetings. For him, it was this thing that we're talking about. It was that people would come back to the holiness of God, maybe would be one way to talk about the um, the high view has to me, has to do with the, uh, the glory, which Hebrews translate as the weightiness of God, the thick cloud of his presence, rather than a thinness or a triviality or a um, uh, knowing him as common, um, thinking that he's like us and just coming in. It's kind of the, the um, the, that thinness of coming into God's presence, sort of like, hey, daddy God, you're hip, I'm cool, you're, you know, um, you know, it's just sort of this happy, peppy, bursting in love mm-hmm. attitude that doesn't, and that, that it's good to have that, but if you're missing the other elements of his, the, the weightiness and the glory and the splendor of God, then you're not really knowing him and his attributes. So mm-hmm. I think you and I would both say we are advocates of calling the church to return to these attributes of God so that you can have the, the high view of God. So the difference would be in our uh, reading of the word would be if it's if it's Christocentric or theocentric rather than homocentric, then you're going to be reading scripture to know God. So so here's an example, um, and then I'll let you go. I'll let, not, I'll let you talk because I don't want to hog the mic here. But, um, you know, if we study the, the story of, of David and Goliath, um, the, the man-centered low view of God would be, wow, David was brave. Let's be brave. My enemy is lack of prosperity. Let me fling stones at this lack of prosperity so that I might gain all that I want, my house, my car, or, uh, you know, and so it's, so we put ourselves as David and Satan as Goliath. Um, uh, I believe a theocentric reading of scripture would take that same story through a whole different lens we, we are not David. We're the fearful brothers on the sidelines. Jesus is the David who steps out and defeats our enemies for us and, and is our conqueror. So, so you know, all, all of these, all of these uh, people, all these people in the Bible we read, they're not just moral stories like Aesop's fables uh, that we can learn something from. These are these are theocentric, God-centric. We're supposed to get things out of that we read in the new testament of the the prodigal son uh you know and the son comes home and says you know i want to be a servant and so so a man-centered gospel would be like if you serve you'll get all the blessings of god uh the father will restore all the blessings on you you'll get the robe and the ring well it's really more a story of the mercy of god receiving uh, a reprobate a lost soul like mine and so i think that's the difference between a high view and a low view is is how we come to scripture, how we come to prayer. I'm praying, I get on my knees and I say, God, please bless me and keep me and keep me safe. Don't let me get sick. You know, those are all good prayers. Mm-hmm. But a, a theocentric prayer would be, 
I glorify your name. I worship you. I exalt you. King of kings, Lord of lords. It's a, uh, you know, and uh, I'm not saying one form of prayer is needing to be cast aside to have a high view of God, but without the high view of God and only the low view of God, we can become very selfish, man-centered, and, uh, and miss out on the things of, of God. Any other comments about the high view, low view? If not, we'll go on to the some of the attributes. You mentioned, uh, I think maybe last week, you mentioned uh, Isaiah 6, you know, when, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and his, uh, his uh, train or his robe filling the temple, uh, the response was, woe is me. So when we see God high and lifted up, when we see him as he really is, according to his uh, self-revelation, then it has a converse uh, application to us. We, we have humility. We have a low sense of ourselves uh, as being the, the, cre the creature, the creation bows before the creator. Uh, it's not us. It's him. It's not our will. It's your will. It's not our ways. It's your ways. It's not our thoughts. It's your thoughts. You see this submission, a willing, voluntary, humble submission. And uh, people don't like that. They think that that's uh, humiliating when, in fact, it's liberating because it brings a peace that passes understanding to the soul that says, I, I, what I do know of you from your revealed means, I glorify you and I bow down. I, I was reminded um, uh, about Moses when uh, he's on the backside of the desert and God calls him to come and be a spokesman and to be the prophet. Uh, and he starts conversing with God and he goes and he sees the burning bush there as they talk. Uh, Moses says, well, basically what he says is, how am I going to reveal you to people when they ask me, who sent me? What, what am I going to say? And God said to them, said to him, uh, I am, that's my name. And, uh, you know, that, that meaning was, I, I was what I was, I am what I am and I'll be what I'll be. In other words, he's all comp in encompassing. Mm -hmm. And the result was what? Moses fell down. God had said, this is holy ground. He falls down his face to the ground. We don't have very much uh, falling to the ground. We don't have very much uh, bowing low. We don't have very much of that going on. Uh, and I have to say, you know, even in my own life, I, I have to be attentive to that. If, if I don't have a spirit of worship, if I don't have a desire to worship, it might not be because I don't feel like it. It may be that I don't really have a view of God in my mind. That he's just, uh, well, I'll go to church if I want to. I'll read the Bible if I want to. Uh, prayer is not that big a deal. God's got everything under control. Uh, he's just going to do good to everybody. There's no sin because God is good and there's grace and there's all. And it brings God down to our level. It makes him very common. And we treat him as we would treat others. But Moses dare not do that. You know, and prior to Moses, at that burning bush where God spoke and revealed his name to Moses, to that time, Israel had used uh, uh, titles like El and Elohim and El Shaddai, right. those titles uh, to God. But it was here that God gave them a proper name, and it was the name Yahweh, that I am comes out to be Yahweh. And, of course, the Israelites, you know, didn't want to even breathe the name, Gary. They said the name is so holy, we can't even. And so they uh, brought it down to four letters. It's called the Tetragrammaton, mm -hmm. the four-letter four name of God. And it means um, uh, being present to act for salvation. 
And uh, I think how wonderful that is. God says, I am what I am, and I, I'm going to be an ever-present help to you, but I am going to be who I am. And we had to bow down. So that that whole view of God, uh, it's so important for us, isn't it, today? You're talking about sermons you've heard or books you've read, uh, but I've, I fear so many of us have lost the high view of God. If we have a high view of God, we'll have a right low view of man. But if we have a high view of man, conversely, we, we will have to have had a low view of God. Yeah, and, we live, sorry to interrupt. We live in such a, um, the world, the, the, the um, global worldview is uh, self-esteem. Uh, self-esteem is almost the new church, the, the new, the new, the new worship center. Um, and so, so when people hear what you just said, you know, when we have a high view of God, it will bring a lower view of yourself. I mean, think that people cringe at that, wrongfully so, but would cringe at that, like, oh, no, God exists to give me a high view of myself. Well, He does exist to heal you, to cleanse you, uh, to sanctify you, to glorify you. So there is some sense of the lifting there there's a phrase called redemption and lift so there is that but but it is always exactly what you're saying it's the the more we're willing to keep a low view of ourselves i i am i am nothing he is everything i am broken he's the healer i am i am needy he is the need meter uh then then we can uh, that's the only way you can't have an equal uh, you know, again, going back to you, you mentioned Genesis, the, the garden, the temptation was, you know, you can be like God. Okay, God is high and I'm low. I can be high and God's high. I don't think they wanted to, to necessarily dethrone God, but they wanted to become equal with God um, in will, in soul, in mind, and so in existence. So, so yeah, there's, so there's that, that, that I think you and I are agreeing. And... You know, you see this even in theological circles, uh, church circles, worship circles. Um, you know, for instance, the wanting to remove uh, from the hymn, uh, such a worm as I, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, such a, uh, and in many places now they're singing that song, such a one as I, you know, because how dare we can see ourselves as, as uh, a broken, humble, needy, uh, dependent people. And so that that in itself will ruin our ability to see God high and lifted up when, when we're trying to equal ourselves to to Him. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's, that's what I, <laughs> I we're really describing. The low view tends to really just be humanism. It is uh, man is God. We've become a god unto ourselves. And, and that can be cloaked in. That can be cloaked in. Uh, Christian, you know, Christianese. Uh, it's humanism. You know, our pulpits and our writings and our community, Christian community, can become. Um, uh, it's it's humanistic, but we throw a few words about Jesus in there, or God, or the Bible, prayer. Yeah, and so so what we're saying of us having a form but no power. Yeah, uh, power is it just the expression of uh, ability or an increase? scope of uh, comprehension and ability. When it's, the Bible speaks of power, it's always an extension of God, that he is omnipotent. He is all-powerful, and any power beyond him is exudes from him. Uh, and so the humanism uh, is uh, that low view. It exalts man and it lowers God, uh, and it makes God so easily accessible. 
just makes him as common. We say God is like a Santa Claus. He's been reduced to the Easter bunny uh, and so forth and so on. When in fact, uh, when you look in the scriptures, you find that anytime any person, uh, even the angels, when they came into the presence of God, they all fell down. They were all bowing down. They were all diminished in his view, but we don't like that. And uh, the way that uh, humanism finds a root is through relativism. We've, uh, we've brought God down to our level. Therefore, God's high standards of morality, those divine attributes of good and right and just, uh, we've so compromised that down to where now we've, uh, we've become so a law to ourselves that the law of God is of no effect. We've really trampled Christ over and over to where he, he's not only down on our level, we've literally taken him and he's put him below us. Yeah. Uh, we, we're, it's almost as if he's unworthy of us instead of us unworthy of him. Oh. Relativism has done away with any standards of right and wrong. Morality and truth and righteousness has been tossed into the streets. So what we're talking about, while, yes, it's in some theological terms, what we're talking about is nothing more than uh, things re related to Scripture, things that we see in Scripture that where he's self-revealing himself. So when we see these things, we have to see him high and lifted up. We have to see him as holy. We have to see him as having the final word if because he's the basis, he's the foundation the Bible says uh, what righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. He sits as all having all power and all dominion on righteousness and justice. And that uh, we fight against that. The, the nature of man does not want uh, to be put under that kind of uh, control. When in fact the soul that does come under and you, you humble ourselves, we receive grace. Grace is the merit, unmerited favor of God, but it is also the release of God's nature and power and character and nature through us that empowers us. So, boy, our view of God is so, so critical for today. And how we, I say you, me, we, but we as representing the church and you and me as representing mankind, boy, how we need a revival of of the nature and the goodness and the attributes of God that we once again can can have that proper awe and reverence. You know, the, there's no more uh, shaking of the knees. There's no more feeble hands. There's no more weeping uh, eyes. Uh, we're brash. We're bold in our declarations. And yet God, I think, uh, even now, uh, from whatever the source and all the grand purposes, I know right now there is a shaking and it's a time for the church to revive again uh, and look at God the way Moses did, the way uh, Isaiah did. And, and it is possible it, it, because God is, has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's revealing himself even this day to any heart, any hungry soul that can call upon the Lord and say, I want to know you. Then he makes himself known to you. He said, I'll be an ever-present help. That's his name, that Yahweh, I'll be an ever-present help for salvation and deliverance. That's a glorious thought, man. Yeah, that's, that's very right. nice. I say a hearty, hearty hallelujah to that. That, that, is, that is so so important. The, the low view of God lands squarely in the realm of responsibility of the shepherds. Mm -hmm. um, the people love it so, you know, when, when there's a low view of God in the pulpit, the people love it so. Like, you know, you know, 
comfort and ease, pillow prophets, my dad called it. Right. Uh, but, you know, Ezekiel 30, as you were talking about, I was thinking of Ezekiel 33 and 34, where God is talking about the shepherds. Uh, and in the New Testament, that might be called the pastors. And, and he says here in um, verse four, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take the warnings and the sword comes uh, and takes them away, the blood shall be upon his own head. Verse five, he who heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning, his blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. Verse six, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require on the watchman. And so this low view of God really lands squarely in the realm of, of the pastoral, Absolutely. theological, spiritual leadership of, of the, the people of God in our generation. Um, if, we, if we were to, to shout this from the pulpit, then people's hearts would be changed. Because I think deep down inside, we were created with an eternity in our hearts. So we we want this, but we're hearing our shepherds say to us, you know, things that are trite and light and trivi trivial, and we love it so. And so we we need to return. And I pray that this podcast and our conversation together is some small movement of the family of Christ to, to the deeper things of God. Um, if somebody doesn't know Jesus, I pray that they would get... Uh, a spiritual hunger, or if they're nominal in their faith, that they would come alive. Um, the, uh, the, the one of the uh, Puritan writers says that uh, the, uh, his goal as a as a as a preacher was uh, uh, to make unholy men holy and to make holy men more holy. And so, you know, somebody who's lost needs to become holy, being made whole, just justified, being made right. And somebody that's holy needs to say, Lord, my my level of holiness. If, you know, and there's two ways to look at holiness. One is it's imputed, and, and that's a finished work. And the other is the sanctification process of holiness that is being worked out. And that I want to become more holy than I've ever been. Keith, we've done it again. We have uh, we've taken a half hour, and and um, dare we confess we made ourselves liars because we told people come back next week and they would hear us talk about the attributes of God, and we have not even begun to touch yet on the attributes of God. Uh, this is this is maybe teasing people to come back again next week. We didn't do that on purpose. We really did want to talk about the attributes of God, but just got stuck on the high view and low view of God, which could be we could talk about this for hours and hours. But let's let's pause here now and uh, come back next week and look more in depth about the attributes of God. Let's see if we can try to do that. Right. But these are these are foundational things, Gary. And I think people will recognize that our intention uh, is to not just simply come in and itemize and just talk flippantly and just give a Webster's Dictionary uh, definition to these things, but really to try to understand the scope a, a little, at least a little fuller than what maybe we uh, would look at when you come to attributes. So I think uh, time well spent. I hope we've done uh, a job that's good enough to uh, at least cause uh, people to think and hopefully between um, uh, deliveries of the podcast, though we're trusting that the Holy Spirit, who is one of the means of revealing, will touch men's hearts and draw them and uh, attach things to their soul that they can gain from this time. And uh, we'll get to listing listing them and talking more fully, I guess, in the weeks to come. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get to know God more. And that's going to be powerful. Uh, thanks, Keith. And uh, if you're enjoying these podcasts, uh, please feel free to pass them on to somebody else. Let them know. Uh, I'd love for this message to really get out across the nation and around the world as, as well. So please share this with others. I believe it's really important in such an hour as this. And also, uh, Keith, you know, we have been, uh, I think the last two weeks, we've been talking about 
the, the divine nature and character attributes of God. And before that, we were talking about uh, suffering and the sovereignty of God. So we've been together for about five podcasts now. So people can go back and uh, check out through uh, worldchallenge.org, some of our podcasts or on YouTube. It's just on the Gary Wilkerson podcast. So we'd love for people to, uh, maybe if this if you're joining us for the first time, go back about five weeks and, uh, and keep up with us track maybe this week. So when we start next week's uh, episode, uh, you can be caught up with us and we can uh, Lord willing, look at the attributes of God. Keith, thanks for being with me again today. Look forward to talking with you more next week. Living in a true knowledge of God's holiness will change everything. Many of our questions about how and why things happen are answered in the presence of such a powerful and great God. When we acknowledge His holiness, God often reveals Himself to us in unique ways. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigginton with audio and video production by Aaron Gale. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in World Challenge's mission. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, transforming lives through the message and mission of Jesus Christ. Join us next week as Gary and Keith continue their discussion on the character of God.